2: I'm your host for tonight, Justin. We are coming at you live with my bestie, Taylor. Oh, you've never called me your bestie before. I mean, I'm I'm in my feels tonight because we <laughs> it's a have very exciting episode. News, and we have some special guests to help us with that news. But before we get to that, we want to let you know that you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to that now. Is probably a great place to find us. Go hit that subscribe button. We would greatly appreciate it. You can also find us across the vast social media verse on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore uncontested and Facebook at the uncontested podcast. We are proudly part of the Blue Wire podcast network and drumroll, please. The official podcast of Boomtown Hoops. Woo. What's Boomtown Hoops? You might be thinking. Uh, w- that is our announcement uh, With us to help explain What Boomtown Hoops is We have West and Shepard
3: What's up?
4: And also known Billy as
3: Wes Did you say what, what I think up? you just said? <laughs> I had to throw it in there This is going to be a problem
4: <laughs> We will talk well, about this later Sorry. partnership's over, sorry <laughs> and, uh, um... Yeah, our partnership is officially cancelled now Thanks to
2: Taylor <laughs> Wes and uh Dylon are the artists formerly known as up the thunder which today relaunched as boomtown hoops so guys nobody better to explain that transition and what to expect than you guys so how about we dive into a little bit of how we got here
5: yeah so um thank you guys for having us on appreciate it our pleasure very very much um so yeah this has been a pretty fun day for uh, for the former Up the Thunder crew, now Boomtown Hoops, um, I'm Dylan, not Dylon, and uh, it's my buddy Weston, not Wes. Not Wes. Uh, Thank you. We did threaten uh, to walk out if you called him Wes. Uh, we'll let it slide one time.
4: We just wanted to but, test you and see if that was a bluff or not. We're just showing off the new chemistry. It's seamless. Yeah, so...
5: Um, <laughs> So, this kind of started um, when I transferred my junior year um, of high school to El Reno High School and met uh, a young man named Weston Shepard. Who was very um, handsome. He was at the time. I he was about to say, handsome. this is
4: starting out like your, uh, your guys' like, wedding story. <laughs> what do you think this
5: is? <laughs> There's been a lot of ups and downs since.
2: Uh, still together what does that now? make us, Taylor? Are we like the sister wives? Yeah. <laughs> really hey, we'll, we'll be with
3: yeah, it's just dysfunctional. You know.
5: <laughs> yeah, so uh, Weston and I wrote together for the school newspaper, which was kind of in the city newspaper too, I think. I don't really remember. Um, but we even like created a sport in journalism class called Shelf Ball. Ended up being pretty good friends. Um, being in a fantasy football league together. We won't get into uh, how that ended. Um, no. But um, I rage quit. (laughs) He he did, and it was it was it was probably worthy of a rage quit. Like I get it. Um, But yeah, it's uh, the whole blogging part of it started when uh, Weston, I believe, was writing for um, Thunder Digest. Yes, Thunder. Thunder Thunder obsessed at the time, right? Oh yeah,
3: I remember. We were obsessed with the Thunder. We were obsessed. Yes.
5: And, uh, I, I got, you know, I kind of wanted to get into that too. So I started helping, uh, helping Chuck out with that as well. And, uh, Wesson and I kind of thought we could do our own thing eventually. Right.
3: I mean, yeah, that was pretty much it. And I mean, I've told the story before, but, um, I don't think I'm saying anything too controversial. The Thunder were really bad online as an organization uh, at the time. And absolutely. Yeah. I was like this young, uh, Young marketing professional that really thought I could just do what an NBA uh, professional franchise does on their social media without access or um, really any funding. But uh, Dylan and I just we connected and, and kind of brought up some of that old high school journalism flair we used to have and, and we jumped into it. The whole thing was just trying to make content for Thunder fans that we thought other fans and other markets were getting uh... but maybe not here locally and uh... it's really gone over well for us so uh, over the years we've we've done a lot of cool stuff we've met a lot of cool people uh... the project has opened doors that we never thought would be open for us when we started Uh, and that's really i think ultimately why we're continuing it's just we've had so much fun and um... really appreciate what everybody has done for us and um... Like Dylan mentioned, we both got our start writing for someone else uh, here in the Thunder community. So uh, we felt like it was time to, to open up our platform and uh, you know raise the, the next group of psychopaths that will eventually uh, render <laughs> us obsolete.
2: That's fantastic. Uh, planning your own obsolescence is always a good strategy.
3: I'm, so I I'm think very good at it, actually. I,
4: I Passing the torch.
2: Most people listening to this podcast, probably already follow Up the Thunder. Uh, they're familiar with what you guys have brought to the table in the past. So enlighten us a little bit on why the name changed from Up the Thunder to Boomtown Hoops.
4: <laughs> this is a fun story.
3: Yeah, well, I uh, might not get all the way into it. We're, um, we're peaceful folks <laughs> these days. Uh, but uh, it was just one of those things. Uh, I, I don't think that it's crazy to say that we were violating a copyright uh, that <laughs> is owned by a professional sports organization and um, I think my lawyer would be publicly appointed uh, should we <laughs> work, go to court so uh, I, I really don't Fair. think we wanted to uh, flex our wallets or um, our legal representation against that so you know it, it really wasn't a big deal um, obviously we really care about Up the Thunder and it's been so much fun, but we don't really feel like the name is um, who we are or what we do. Yeah. Uh, so really, we just feel like if we continue doing what we've always done, adding new stuff, and generally just not sucking, uh, <laughs> that the community would would support us like they always have. So we're just committed and um, ready to get started.
4: Well, that was uh, that was a little humble from Wesson's part there. Um, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> up the thunder got big enough. You know, you guys got to a certain point where you guys took you know, the, the thunder were forced to take the organization was forced to take notice of you guys and your account and the content that you guys were bringing <laughs> and i think it's because of that they saw the uh the polling base they saw like you you mentioned in the past the merchandise um they certainly felt that uh maybe uh, they wanted to reach out and just talk a little bit yeah um, you
3: know we, we definitely crossed some lines on the merchandise um, apparently I, I should not have drawn steven adams face um on a t-shirt um but in retrospect that was a great learning experience so oh. uh, we, we just won't do that again
4: oh hey we got breaking news not to interrupt
2: you like that you the get thunder a little, little sham's notification all the right story uh the thunder are planning to sign Devin hall to a two-way contract with lou dort signed to a multi-year contract this week hall fills the thunder's second two-way slot
4: Devin hall there it is so we got our <sighs> full roster heading into um heading into the bubble well, there goes Jacob's, Jacob's
2: prediction from our uh, ludicrous yeah, no emergency kidding. pod of No cell
4: So we uh, we're throwing you guys in the fire here. We got breaking news on the podcast, <laughs> asking you to uh, throw the under organization under the bus. I mean, Ed, we're starting out hot.
3: I'm just uh, glad we were already here, so you guys don't have to do an emergency pod. You know? Yeah, right. No kidding.
4: No kidding. <laughs> the Devon Hall emergency pod,
2: the but, most uh, listened to episode in uh, of oh, the Young history.
4: Exactly. Uh, but um, anyway, with that being said, I just I, I really liked how Wesson uh, how brought, how you brought up in your your introduction, your kind of about us uh, article that you dropped today to kind of introduce Boomtown Hoops. You mentioned, you know, you we didn't really want to find ourselves uh, across the uh, litigation room from Sam Presti and Rumble, um, <laughs> which I thought was pretty Most, funny. Mostly Rumble. I have a lot of respect for that guy. It's it, so true. <laughs> I had named Indeed. my first dog after Rumble. So.
2: <laughs> so you mentioned something earlier about bringing more people on board. Typically, this has been uh, a two-man show, a three-man show. Three um, man. If you include Adam, uh, who is the graphical wizard behind everything that you see very true AKA
3: Michael Jordan of up the thunder.
2: (laughs) Um, so what's different now with boomtown hoops? What can people expect to be different about the content? Uh, as far as what we've seen in the past.
5: Well, real quick. Um, I want to shout out Adam who couldn't make it tonight.
4: Absolutely. But,
5: um, that's something we kind of left out right there was, Adam took us from good to great um, in one season. Um, his graphics really changed everything for us, and he has just been um, incredible. I mean, this is a guy that um, we've never met in person and reached out to us to help out with Up the Thunder, and now is – I mean, I can honestly say he's one of my best friends.
2: That's awesome. Um,
5: so, yeah, uh, Adam's been great. Um, how, how Boomtown's going to be a little different, um, I think just we – we reached out for some collaborators, uh, some people to help us out. And man, we were just overwhelmed with the talent that really wanted to help us. And I think in the past, we might have probably chosen like three or four of them. Um, but this time we were like, let's just take them all, all the good ones. Um, and so we're just really excited to let them do their thing. I mean, we've always kind of had the thought process of, hey, use use our platform to you know practice use our platform to get better at your craft your skill and and then when you get too big for us go spread your wings fly so um that's what boomtown uh, is going to be with with the people we've brought in uh, just on steroids we've got a lot of them now
4: that's really cool, and also really special, and something I think that uh, us here at the Uncontested really respect. Also, it's really funny you guys mentioned Adam. Um, he came in, you know, and like like you guys said, took control of your guys' graphics, uh, which was essentially game changer. Got you guys brand- a ton of new followers, a ton of engagement all in one season. And it's really funny because obviously we're we're much younger in terms of how long we've been around compared to you guys. Um, but our very own Justin uh, hosting the pod tonight was a very similar similar situation for us. We had just gotten started. We're about a year in, and then we were able to uh, come across Justin's OKC Tracker account. And uh, from there, uh, his his graphics and, and some of the things he was able to do for us really just uh, kind of put us up a whole new level. And we gained some respect from uh, national outlets. And, you know, we probably wouldn't have gotten on with Blue Wire without some of that stuff. So it's really cool kind of seeing how our stories um are kind of parallel to an extent, even though we're obviously much younger than you guys and maybe don't quite Easy. have a calling base yet. Easy there. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, all right. <laughs> okay, not like an age, but you know we're, what I mean. We're in our <laughs> early 30s. <only>. Yeah, <laughs> same. Taylor's the young one. I'm the here. baby. I'm the um, baby of the podcast.
2: And you know, if I wasn't so lazy, I could probably crank out the uh, quantity of graphics that Adam does, but I, I currently cannot touch that with a, a 10-foot pole. He's got me beat, my hands oh. down.
3: I think even though we are starting to to relax a little bit as well um we were in our mid twenties um just cranking content that we, up on mountain we, dew. we didn't sleep we were drinking mountain dew and and just tweeting and and, and having fun with it but uh <laughs> like I mentioned in my post today uh, uh Dylan has a kid Adam's about to be a dad. I'm getting married later this year. coronavirus coronavirus willing. yeah yeah <laughs> um, so you know we don't actually like have the time to lose our minds the way that we used to. so I think that's really what this is all about is okay, we've built this thing and we can still give it what we've always given it, but we want to open it up to the next generation or whatever that really made me sound old Um, (laughs) to to take it to the next level you know it's it's just one of those things i I wanted to build a website that looked good where people could post their content and be able to show it off and use it on their resume or in their portfolio And, and like dylan said to eventually get hired somewhere else um that that would be fantastic um so that's what that's what it's all about for us now we just wanted to To open up the platform and um, show everybody how talented we actually are um, as a collective fan base
2: I love it and along those lines of opening things up uh, we've been talking to each other for a while now we've been in the flirty stage of dating but today we made it (laughs) official Uh, The Uncontested is the official podcast of Boomtown Hoops as I mentioned at the top so let's talk a little bit about what that looks like Uh, you guys told us you didn't have a podcast and you didn't really want to run one. We had a podcast, uh, but we were looking to maybe add some more web content. We had a very um, failed website. (laughs) Often neglected website. Yeah, it's a very Uh, neglected. When we first started, we liked the idea of a website. We just didn't like the idea of how much work it took. On top of um, podcasting. (laughs) On top of podcasting. And so this felt like a great uh, place to be where we could both kind of fill out our dreams of what this could look like. And kind of how that comes to life is through integrated content. So... You know, taking things that you read on boomtownhoops.com, discussing them on the pod, things we discuss on the pod, breaking them down on Boomtown Hoops, kind of giving a multi-channel content experience. That's my marketing hat Um, for for Thunder fans to really get to experience Thunder content in a different way and try to do what some of these bigger outlets like you see the Ringer or ESPN, uh, places like that are doing, but doing it on kind of a hyper local level. For the Thunder, which I think is something that is an opportunity for all of us to kind of undertake that together. And tonight is a great example. Getting right. to have you two on, it's great to get uh, more voices to amplify what you guys are doing on Boomtown Hoops and get you to talk some basketball instead of just type some basketball. And
4: with that being said as well, like there's quite a few of, uh, of us here at The contest that are really excited to get back into writing a little bit and being able to contribute to the site. Um, and trying and you know provide content uh, together as well and that's something we're really excited about Um, like Justin said we've been talking to these guys for a long time actually just a really uh, short quick kind of funny story it was probably like our fifth podcast ever here uh, about two two and a half years ago and um, there was a certain reporter who will remain unnamed but he may or may not have decided not to cover OKC anymore recently um, and we'll just say a couple of the uncontested members already kind of had a little bit of a feud with this reporter, and so something happened right after we had just started the uncontested, and um, with these, you know, some of our members of the uncontested and this said reporter. And so they kind of got into it a little bit again. Um, this said reporter was kind of stealing a little bit of content um, and not really showing credit uh, amongst other things. And so reasonably us being rookie podcasters decided it'd be a fantastic idea if we came on the podcast our like fourth or fifth podcast ever and blasted said reporter. Um, well, obviously this got back to the reporter and, uh, but, anyways, one of my first uh, memories of Up the Thunder is you guys actually um, messaging us on Twitter and saying, hey, uh, said reporter uh, is threatening to unfollow us now. Good going, guys. And then seeing a winky face. And then um, from there, you guys, like, I'm just kind of tied this all back together. You guys just kind of send us an encouraging me- message saying, you guys are, are having fun with it. You know, that's what you need to be doing. Keep your heads down, keep working hard. It's going to pay off. And it's really funny seeing how that first interaction from there, you know, we started interacting a little more, particularly once you two kind of, um, Roy stepped away from, uh, Daily Thunder. You guys were kind of able to focus back on your own brand, Up the Thunder. And, um, uh, from there, our relationship kind of blossomed. And now here we are. So, um, definitely respect you guys for all that you do for the Thunder uh, NBA Twitter community. And it's, it's really exciting to be a part of this. And we, we can't wait to move forward.
3: Yeah, man, we're excited. And I, I certainly remember that. I, I think we just, uh, Noticed a, a new group of guys that um, started some stuff on the internet, uh, maybe unintentionally, and we have been in that position a billion times. So, uh, easy message we've, to send just just keep your head down.
5: We've <laughs> definitely had content stolen uh, by I won't say who, but he might have had a mustache. It might have been from Turkey.
4: <laughs> Multiple <laughs> times. That Which man awesome. stole your guys' pictures all the time and it was hilarious.
3: He actually used he stole an entire video once and <laughs> cropped our <laughs> logo out. It
4: incredible. That takes so much effort. Uh, it was incredible. Hey, we actually uh, we were lucky enough Nick was able to interview us <laughs> and we dropped it on the, the podcast here a while back. Good this times. Is true. Good times. We
2: love um, it. <laughs> So the last thing I want to hit on and the thing that I think I might be most excited about this entire partnership is the launch of the Boomtown Hoops Discord community. Uh, if you're not familiar with Discord, uh, it's a group chat uh, application that works on your desktop, your mobile, wherever. You can jump in, uh, you can chat with fellow Thunder fans, and the intent of this is to really make kind of the always-on virtual sports bar experience in a time when none of us should probably be going to sports bars or we're going to get the Rona uh, I think it, it it's a fantastic idea to give Thunder fans a place to come together and talk hoops and, and chat with fellow Thunder fans. I'm super psyched about it.
3: Yeah, well, I, I think this Discord conversation is something that has really excited us a lot over the last few weeks as we started to really dive into it and get an idea for what we can do with it. And, and like you mentioned, um, the entire point is just the, the world kind of sucks right now, um, to be frank. Uh, So, with a lot of people just missing community in any form, uh, no one can go to the games, Um, we can't really watch the games together, so just having a place where that's not Twitter, that is a little more personal and and where you can have an actual conversation with people and get to know them and kind of segment some places within the community to have different types of conversations. Uh, we just think it's a it's a cool opportunity to get to know the people that have supported us and who read our stuff, and honestly, I, I think it'll it'll be a really cool experience for everyone there, uh, especially the people that create content because um, it's a really good experience to be around fans talking about what they care about, and it sort of gives everyone an idea for you know what we need to create to make them happy.
4: Weston, I love how you described it um, to us last night in one of our group chats on Discord, and then also in your article today um, calling it like a um, your local sports bar to be able to come together and watch games live together and um, experience trade deadlines and you know signings like this and playoffs and right exactly getting experience (laughs) experience all that together on a platform a little more personal and um it's a little more personal in general i think than twitter and I, i really like that and think it's a great idea it was a great analogy as well
3: and you I know, the, we uh, well, never sorry. really showed much personality of our own uh, in the early days. Uh, really, the first four or five years of this thing, we barely even mentioned ourselves. It yeah. was the entire point was to sound like one voice. Yeah, um, it wasn't Weston, Dylan, and Adam. It was Up the Thunder. That was right. just what it was. Um, so we're excited just to kind of like step out from behind the shadows of that thing we built, and um, you kind of interact with people individually and and get to know them and let them get to know us as well.
5: Yeah, and I was just going to say that this this was kind of an idea we kicked around several months ago. Um, I think I had I had to get a Discord for something or, or other, and, and we kind of brought it up and thought, man, that'd be cool. But um, now with the coronavirus and, and, you know, things being shut down, I, this is just the perfect time for something like this. Absolutely. And there's no doubt in my mind that even when it's all over with and everything is back to normal, this is going to be a great uh, second best place to be besides the peak on yeah, game day.
2: Absolutely. And, and for me, my thunder community has always kind of been digital. So I'm, I went to college the first year that thunder came and I, I went to college out of state. So I was following the, the beginnings of the thunder remotely. Um, and there just has never been a great option. Uh, I spent a couple years, on uh, the Thunder fans message board, if you're <laughs> if you're familiar, I think it's still going strong. Uh, strong might not be the right word. It was just never super robust. Um, and then after that, you know, like daily Thunder comments, or um, it, it eventually just kind of morphed into Thunder Twitter. And Thunder Twitter's fine, but like you guys mentioned before, it's not always you know the most personal place. It doesn't feel um, like super tight knit and so i'm excited about this this concept coming to life of a real actual kind of thunder fan community uh that that anybody across the world can take part in as we saw this afternoon somebody joined from argentina which is super cool yep (laughs) super cool so if you haven't already go check out boomtownhoops.com go click on the link in the top right for the discord join the Discord. I know we have people listening in New Zealand and Australia and England and all over right now. All of you, get in there. Tell us you're there. Everybody will be super psyched to see you.
3: It's true. It's very true. So
2: now... Should we talk some basketball?
3: I don't Let's know. Let's go. Is that what this podcast is about? <laughs>
2: well, sometimes. I thought it was about us. <laughs> That's why I really liked this podcast. Well, I mean, you can leave now if you'd like. That's fine. Um, so That's the a very big nice news. Name. The big news in Thunderland. Uh, we dropped Devin an emergency pod for it yesterday. Uh, Lou Dort. Uh, our man Lou Dort gets Lou his Lou Tang. Deal. He is no longer a two-way player. He is a full-time member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. After the emergency pod that we recorded, we got details on that deal via Royce Young. The deal's for four years, five point four million. He'll get a cool one hundred fifty-five k prorated for the remainder of the season, with one and a half million fully fully guaranteed next season, one point seven eight million next season, and one point nine million in 2022-23 2022-23. Guys, what do you think about having Lou Dort on the Thunder full-time?
3: It just makes me a really happy man. You know, Sammy P doing his thing.
4: Yeah, scared, no kidding. Scared money don't make none. He, uh, I mean, I, I, the only thing I th- think I saw from a verified um, NBA analyst after this deal was announced was how much of a steal it was for the Thunder and how much these, uh, these people didn't really like the deal for Lou. Um, but, you know, I think you really have to kind of take it into perspective. Obviously, one, he w- he was undrafted, and it's a little bit of a small sample size from what we've seen him do this season. Also, you kind of compare it to some of these other guys. Um, I even think of like Darius Baisley. I think Jacob and Nick mentioned this in our our, um, our group message board that we have um, that, you know, they they mentioned it really isn't too far off from Baisley um, in terms of what he's getting. Yeah. And that's about right when it comes to where Lou, you know, he's, he's getting paid kind of like a late late first round or early second round pick um and then i think the the biggest thing though is the fact that pressey was able to lock him down for four years okay yeah, you know I, I could totally see where Luce like yeah give me the same amount per year um but i only want to sign for two because i could be making more after that um but i think the other aspect to this and that leads me to my next point is that we don't really know what covid how it's going to impact the salary cap, yeah. um some of these deals moving forward this could be like the first of these deals that we really see an impact he might've just wanted this Lou might've just wanted the security long-term. And so when it comes to the summer, some of these guys may be taking deals that look like this, but on a much larger scale, some of these bigger think, free agents.
2: I think that's totally fair. And, and I think I saw somebody tweet. It might've been John Hamm who compared Dort's contract was roughly in the range of like the 31st pick in yep. the draft, this most recent draft. So that, I mean, that feels kind of right. Um, it would be crazy a little crazy for an undrafted player to get first round money. I think we all would have been okay with that given what we've seen out of Lou but I think there's precedence there but what I think is interesting is what you hit on Taylor of the stability and I mean how many times have we seen a guy come out and look hot for the first 20 games which is roughly the number that Lou Dort's got with the Thunder so far or even a season um, and then come back after that and just never be able to replicate it like their second season looks totally different. So if Lou signs a two-year deal and he finishes out this season great, and then next season comes back and looks completely flat, well now Lou's out of luck. So I think what he's doing is he he's um, capitalizing on what he's performed thus far for the Thunder and kind of locking that in longer term. Um, you know if he continues to accelerate we may look back at this in two years and say like, what is steal, absolute steal. Right. But if, if he flames out, if it doesn't pan out, if um, teams get a better scouting report on him, we may look at this and be like, yeah, thun- that's a good deal that the
4: Thunder. Got. Well, And then another thing too, is like Lou obviously wants to be with OKC. Um, he likes the situation he's in. He sees a lot of opportunity for him to grow and develop as a player and to be able to contribute, but in a competitive environment with great uh, personnel, team personnel around to help him grow. Compared to yeah, like let's say he goes and tests the uh, restricted free agency waters this summer. Well, that's great. Maybe you know the Phoenix Suns. Well, Phoenix actually isn't too bad of a spot now with uh, their their recent changes. But let's say the New York Knicks, for example, or the Sacramento Kings are like, sure, we'll pay Lou Dort and take a gamble on them. Lou's like, okay, I'm getting more money, but is that really worth me going to one of those teams um, and giving up the situation yeah. I'm in?
3: I mean, for me, it's just, uh, I think, as the great prophet Dion Waiters once said, (laughs) you just got to double down and bet on yourself. And and I think that's what Lou's 21. Uh, This contract ends when he's 24. Uh, He has every reason to take this deal right now. Like you mentioned, like everyone has mentioned, he he was undrafted. Um, He was supposed to be in the G League, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes. That's where we all expected him to be at this moment. Um, and, and he went from, you know, making no income to making 80K a year on a two-way salary to locking up more than $2 million over the next few years. And then he can go get his contract at 24. So for as good of a deal as it is for the Thunder, I, I, I see a lot of sense in it for Lou Dort uh, considering where he came from. So I, I think it's, it's mutually beneficial.
2: One of my favorite parts of the Lou Dort story that uh, I have to remind myself sometimes is back when he got signed. Uh, he mentioned that Russell Westbrook was his favorite player. He wore zero in college, was super psyched to come to the Thunder with Russell Westbrook. And then it was like days later that <laughs> Russell Westbrook got traded to Oops. the Rockets. I um, or maybe it was days later that the cried. Paul George trade happened. I don't know. It's been, uh, feels like 10 years ago. But uh, regardless, how disappointing would that be to think you're getting to go play alongside your, your favorite player, the guy you grew, grew up watching, and then have him get traded. I just think it's super cool that he's been able to flourish and really kind of become an important piece for this team.
3: It's, it's a, a little disappointing that Russ got traded before he showed up, um, but it's got to be even more disappointing that because of that, Russ now hates him. So his favorite player wants to rip his head off, whereas they were probably you know going to get along.
2: That is a great point. So we've talked about this contract being a great deal for OKC, uh, being a bit of a steal. So I want to take a look at the Thunder contracts as a whole and really kind of evaluate who do we think is the best value contract for the Thunder? And then I think we can talk about who's the worst value contract for the Thunder. We've got a wide variety of players to look at. I'm going to go ahead and say this now. That I think we need to take Kyle Singler Off the table as an option Because Dang the Thunder it. are paying him roughly a million dollars For the next four seasons Goodness, um,
3: <laughs>
2: Not a great ROI on that uh, So we're going we're gonna to leave him out But Kyle Singler aside Who do you guys We'll start with the best Who do you guys feel like is the best value contract for OKC I mean,
3: Is it I'll, cheap to say I'll, Lou Dort
5: yeah, <laughs> Lou Dort, sure. I think he's on the table
3: Obviously yeah. Devin Hall
5: well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Lou Dort, um, <laughs> since since we're piggybacking right off that conversation, just because I think that if he sustains what he's doing now, just sustains it, uh, man, I think that's such a great glue piece for, you know, if if SGA, where we think he's going to be, yeah. I think that Dort is that guy that you know his name's not flashy, but he's the kind of guy you need to compete, and, and I just think that. That's why this is such a good deal for the Thunder.
6: Yeah,
3: I, I guess um, I'll take Dort off the table, and Dennis at 15.5, you know, that's an unbelievable deal. So
4: I'll, I'll choose that one. I'll go with the German kid. Interesting. That is, a, I didn't think you were going to go that direction. Um, I, I like, like that. I like it, though. Yep.
2: Schroeder, I mean, Schroeder's been super important for this team, no doubt. Uh, I think 15 mil for for a backup point guard some teams would scoff at that, but I think what he's brought to this team and especially with the success of the, the three point guard lineup, I, I like that. That's interesting.
4: And I think the other aspect of that contract as well is next season, um, let's say, or even this off season that Presti is ready to kind of uh, re- start his repositioning as he likes to put it. Um, right. Shooter is a very tradable contract, uh, an expiring um, free agent or an expiring contract at about 15 million for a season. Yep. That's not bad at all. Um,
2: Especially when he's shown, I think, how he's much kind he of contribute. rebuilt his reputation to where there, there's going to be a number of teams that I think could look to him to be their starting point
4: guard. Absolutely. Definitely. That's a really good point. Um, another, another Thunder project that, that's turned out really well. Um, put that on the resume, but I'm going to have to go with SGA. Uh, the, kind of the obvious one I know, but... Two years rookie left deals, man. at Gotta 8 million Yes, yes, the rookie deal is just incredible You have a team option at the end uh, One year for 5.5 5. I mean, Obviously the Thunder are going to take that um, Unless they can negotiate an even longer deal With that point with SGA You can't go wrong with that SGA is looking like a future uh, multi-time all-star We'll see what he develops into He's learning from the point God himself, Chris Paul And uh, I think all that goes into This incredible contract that they got Not to mention all the draft picks they got with SGA This offseason
2: I, The one that I think is interesting to me and is maybe a little underrated is Nerland's Noel. I yep. think re-signing Noel, uh, albeit just for a year, uh, but one year, $2 million, uh, being able to bring him back for another season. I honestly thought that Noel last summer was going to walk, and I thought mm-hmm. he was going to get paid. I thought what he had done with OKC last season was enough to, again, rehab his reputation um, from what, he had done in dallas and philadelphia and i thought i thought for sure he was going to go sign a big long-term deal with another team bringing him back for one year two million dollars is an incredible value when you consider what he does for the thunder i mean there there's not many players in the two million dollar range that are contributing as much as nerland's
3: i think justin just won
5: yeah,
4: that yes. that is a That's a really good <laughs> yeah, point. It's pretty
5: solid.
4: <laughs> I, I I still remember how shocked I was uh, last summer, and and it kind of remember like Nerlens like posted stuff on his Instagram story and was like, "There's no deal." Like yeah. confused about there being Dude, a deal disclosed. And I forgot about weird. that. And then he comes out and he signs this deal. And we're just like, wow. I mean. That made it even more shocking. The fact that, that it wasn't someone that reported
2: right. a deal. He said there's no deal. And then like 48 hours later, he's like, yeah, oh, there's a deal.
4: And it's even cheaper than we thought. <laughs> like, uh, but I think what I just learned from this exercise with with all four is having a different um, contract. It just shows how great of a GM Sam Presti is.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Lots of good deals. So let's turn the tables. Let's talk about some bad deals. Oh, boy. Uh, there's some interesting candidates for worst deal uh let's start with you dylan
5: oh i i think dre is the easy answer so i'm not gonna say it yeah um, dre's kind of I in mean,
2: singular territory at this point and, and it's nothing,
5: but he's expiring nothing he could really do about that i mean if, yeah. there's a there's a timeline where we think that that might be a great deal true so um I'm going to go with, oh, I hate to be this guy, but Steven Adams. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy, but
4: this is a, just a lot of money.
5: It's <laughs> just a lot of money. Now I, I like the contract a lot more this season than I did last season. I think Steven has um, sustained pretty good play this year uh, for the most part. And I think Billy's used him better and, yep. and they've, they've gotten his minutes um, right this season. Um, he hasn't had to wear himself of down Noel, as much,
4: you know. Yes, I
5: think I think that's a testament to Justin's pick of Noel also, uh, how much he has helped uh, Adams worth But that's just a lot of money to pay a guy who um, can't shoot threes unless it's the preseason against New Zealand
2: or from half court against the Pelicans. <laughs> Forgot about that one.
5: Well, <laughs>
3: yeah.
5: shimmy.
2: No, I think that's fair. Uh, I think that you know saying that steven adams is the worst value contract in no way says that he's the worst thunder player that we don't you know like the contributions right. that he brings to the team which i think is an important distinction uh, but it's it is a little tough to stomach that 53 million that's remaining on his tab what about you
3: ship i uh, chris paul um i like chris paul and i actually said just a few minutes ago in discord i hope he's back next season yeah um but it's a terrible contract uh, even with him arguably being the most important member of the team in terms of just getting them where they need to be to perform at this level um the finances are just insane uh, 38.5 million 41 million 44 million player um, 44 million Goodness, for a guy that'll be 37 30 exactly, years old exactly so, And uh, the last season's a player option, so I'm I'm sure he'll uh, turn that down, right? Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, so my question with that is: Do you think has he done enough to sweeten the prospects of him in the trade market? I know last summer there was a lot of conversation around the Thunder are going to have to put in assets; they're going to have to make this more attractive to get a team to take Chris Paul off their hands. Do you think that's still the case? Well, he's certainly not watched. enough.
3: I think he's proven that he's still as great of a point guard as he was, you know, two or three years ago. But eighty-five million over the next two um, seasons—I don't know if he could do enough
4: to um, for an aging, an aging. Oh, sorry, for an aging point guard with injury history.
2: That's fair. That is fair. What about you, Taylor? What, who you
4: taking? I mean, I, I think you guys are spot on. Um, the two guys at the top of the list because they have the highest contracts. You have to go with that because you know the next couple of guys we mentioned. Schroeder really isn't all that off all the contract considering he only has one year left after this season. And Gallo obviously is a free agent this year, even though he yep. he's making quite a bit. Um, all the and then from there you're you're what one player away, uh, Robertson away from rookie skill contracts or yep. that minimum. So. I mean, you really only have four options here. Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, Gallo, and Shooter. And those first two that I mentioned are obviously obviously the worst. Um, but I have to lean uh, towards Chris Paul for all the reasons that Weston mentioned. mentioned and also that player option at the end. Um, and just how uh, Chris Paul will age, I think, is going to be critical for this contract. And for that reason, I think there's still a lot of teams that are skeptical to trade for him.
2: Yeah. I think if I had to choose between the two, I think I lean towards Stephen Adams. Um I just, it makes me so sad to just continuously hear him floated as like the trade bait for the thunder of like who they're going to use to, to basically match salary on a big deal or something like that. Um, and really kind of being like the anchor that would be holding back the thunders, uh, repositioning and replenishing deal. I think that it's probably too much money to keep him on as like the, the, the crafty veteran mentor, Nick Collison type role However, you know, with only two years remaining on his contract, maybe you stomach that for two years and you can convince him to sign for less after that, if he wants to stay in Oklahoma city. Um, but I think that, you know, realistically looking at who the thunder have on the books, um, if anybody's going to get moved after this season's over, uh, I think, I think Adams is your guy.
4: Well, Justin, would you bet on that?
2: Hmm. What a
4: transition. Boom. Well, there is no shortage of action going on our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need it even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're lo- looking for something else other than the sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Also, like we've been talking about, the NBA is nearing a return, as well as the MLB was just recently announced. So you you can absolutely bet that betonline.ag will have you guys covered there. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So as
2: we look to the restart of the NBA season, Uh, We've talked a lot about the bubble, uh, so much so that we even have a podcast series under the bubble where we're interviewing other teams about uh, kind of the season restart, where they've been and what to expect heading into Orlando. Uh, However, there's been a lot of news coming out of Orlando already that have begun to shed some concerns on the restart uh, of the NBA season. There's been outbreaks of positive tests across other american sports other teams that are returning uh we we saw an outbreak at the i believe it was the phillies camp um different college football teams are experiencing challenges you also have cases in florida specifically around orlando being on the rise which is a little concerning given that that's where walt disney world is located Uh, yesterday in fact the single day positive test rate for coronavirus was 17.3%. It's <laughs> a hell of a number. Where the World Health Organization recommends 5% or lower for 14 days before a safe reopening. On top of all this, you have Disney workers petitioning the Disney Corporation to de- delay park opening. And then last but not least, I had to get a sound bite in uh, from <laughs> our, our favorite wayward son. Kevin Durant said that even if he was healthy, he would not go to orlando so i want to know are you guys getting nervous has your outlook changed about the nba returning in
5: orlando yeah i'm nervous
3: i've always been a little skeptical um just because the last few months have been (laughs) i don't even know how to explain them Uh, but basketball um it seems like it could be a little dangerous. I don't know, and I kind of get it whenever they're saying I'm not sure if I want to go because uh, I don't know that I would want to go. Um, that being said, I, and extremely selfishly, I hope they go, and right. I hope we get to talk about the game. But uh, at the end of the day, that's that's not for me to decide.
2: One of the things that, that sticks out for me is thinking about the bubble uh, there, there was a great anonymous quote in the, the ringer article today by Dan Devine that an anonymous uh, NBA executive said it's less of a bubble and more of a mesh hat um, <laughs> oh. in terms of they've come out and said, you know, Disney employees are not going to be kept on the property. There's going to be a lot of people interacting with the players in the bubble and that it really resembles more of like a campus environment um, That. Combined with the kind of rising cases in Orlando, I think is what makes me most nervous. I think if it was more of a a tight bubble, I'd feel more confident about it. Um, but I mean, just like what are what are the chances that a uh, a Disney employee is walking around asymptomatically spreading it? As they're, you know, cleaning rooms for right. the NBA players. Or cooking their food. Or, and yeah. they're going to go down an entire hallway in uh, the Grand Destino Tower, and you're going to have, you know, five players from the Milwaukee Bucks are going to come down with COVID during the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, what do you do with that? Even if you get everybody to Orlando and start this thing back up, I'm not sure – how you kind of plan for that other than like have some kind of clause like okay the you just have to forfeit which seems insane
3: and yeah that that's just going i mean there's going to be more positive cases in the players uh we might see that within the thunder it's it's just a reality of the situation and i'm interested to see how it goes really excited to to maybe get to watch basketball again but Everything about this year's been wild, so our fingers are crossed. <laughs> yeah, <wrought>. fair. <laughs> right.
4: And I can totally see that as well. You know, we get down there, we uh, we make it through the eight games. Um, they're able to quarantine players who test positive, and there will be some. But overall, it's not too big of a mess. Um, and then second round of the playoffs start, and you have teams that are basically having, like you said, Justin, to be, yeah, the NBA has to come to a decision. We either have to uh, just end the season, or we have to wait another week until more players can play. But with all that being said my whole thing is that look that all the nba and even the local team podcasts i listened to over the past week week and a half have all been like man i don't even know what they should be playing look at all these health concerns and it's like well two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago you everybody was so excited and pumped up that the nba was was returning they thought they could do it appropriately the nba comes out with this 100 page 100 plus page um basically of requirements and just laying out their full plan for the return I'm not sure it could be a whole lot more better other than the obvious of not letting Disney uh, employees, cast members, whatever they call them, leave the campus. So with all that being said, yes, it's very risky. And if I were a player, I'm not sure I'd want to go, but we knew this going into it. Um, We're living in a world of COVID-19. Nothing's going to be perfect. Uh, The NBA is trying to finish the season and obviously we, we are very well aware Uh, for all the podcasts and all the uh, local, or or not local, all the uh, national media that are throwing this out there. Yes, this is a cash grab. (laughs) They brought 22 teams because they want to be able to make as much cash as possible. There's
2: huge financial But with all that being
4: said, why should I be criticized for just saying, you know what, like, yeah, I knew this going into it. I'm just excited for basketball now. And I feel like that's kind of a hot take right now.
2: So you hit on something that I think is interesting of like, the whole world is learning how to live with coronavirus. And I think that's something that I think maybe gets missed a little bit in the discussion of returning to the bubble is that you're implying that the world that these players are living in outside of Orlando is safe right. from COVID. It, it, it's sort of implied that, okay, they're living, they're safe now, but if they go to Orlando, they're going to be in danger. No, they're in danger now. Like the the COVID
4: world is where they are living hence, currently. Hence, why we have all these positive cases. That the NBA right. expected, like, by the way. How
2: many how many NBA players do you think are truly staying isolated right. at home and not seeing anyone? Now, I mean,
4: look, I, I'm also, I don't think that's realistic. We're also not saying don't wear your mask, and we should just have herd immunity. That is not what we're saying at all. I wear my right. mask when I go to the elevators at work, and all the way up to my cube, and I wear my mask and in the I grocery only store. Lick
2: three of the elevator <laughs> buttons instead <laughs> of
4: my usual six. I only give hugs to four of my fellow coworkers. <laughs> um, but
2: like I think it, it it's you've I don't know. Yes, going to the bubble would be a little scary, but at the same time, if somebody had a 113 page manual for me, and my daily life and how to stay safe from COVID, I think I would feel better. And like I think I would have clearer guidance on what to do. So I don't think we can necessarily throw that out of like, right? they've put together, is it a perfect plan? Absolutely not. But they put together a pretty good plan. And I think that there's merits of what they're doing there that I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be less safe than just... Being at like home. you mentioned, going to the grocery store or, or living wherever these players are living now.
4: And you get to watch unreleased movies.
3: What a perk. <laughs>
5: that's the that's the part we don't talk about enough. Exactly. You, right?
3: It was when like Yokich. They're going,
5: they're going to Disney. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool.
3: It was uh, when Nikola Jokic got sick where I started to actually really think about it, though. It's like, yeah. uh, if he can't be... Obviously, he'll be well by the time the season starts. But like a player like that gets sick... In the bubble, he's not going to be on the court. His team. Why would they? You know, it's like right. that's our best player. Now yeah. we don't have a shot anymore. Why
4: would I risk injury? Or why would yeah, it, right.
3: you know? Like, why are we even going to play? It just yeah. gets into a weird thing. And then
4: you also have the whole we don't know the full long term effects. So these that's these exactly players these players are testing is, positive. Do we really want to throw them out there on a basketball court? And that I 100 percent can understand. There was
2: a there was a quote from um, Vaughn Miller in that article I referenced earlier from from Dan Devine on The Ringer. Von Miller tested positive, what, like, in March? And uh, he recently did an interview where he said that he could still kind of feel his lungs trying to get back in shape. Like, a professional athlete who's in insane shape compared to me, um, who's done nothing but play Mario Party on my couch during quarantine. (laughs) But, like... The, the fact that he's still dealing with that. So there's that aspect of like, yes, okay, somebody tests positive, you quarantine them for two weeks, then they can come back. Like, what does that look like?
5: And here's the crazy part. If, obviously, I think we're all concerned about the health part of this, you know, first and foremost. Um, but then there's just like, what if we get to the finals and it's, you know, True. Lakers against whoever, LeBron gets it. Yeah. I mean, then is there the sense of, well, this didn't count.
2: Yeah. The right. the world put, it got, you an know, and then
5: you, all of this was it for not, you know? And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of risk. And I think, I think they know that. I think they, they know that people are probably going to get it. Um, yeah, it's a weird situation. Really like, weird.
3: Game on the report. bright side, we signed Devin Hall, boys.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Always looking up. Got him uh, back. I mean, the counterpoint is is you have like what happened last year in the finals where Kevin Durant goes down early in the series, right. and he's out for the rest of the series. It totally changes the look of it. I think it it's just going to be a little bit of like retraining ourselves in how we think about this season. Um, It'll be fascinating. I, for one, am hoping for a very unconventional backdoor path to the first franchise NBA championship for Oklahoma City. Uh, we'll see if that pans out
3: cool. I'm really not going to hope other people get sick Justin That's not what I said I said unconventional
2: uh, <laughs> We can't publish Maybe that. James we Harden gets kicked that. out of the bubble For going off
4: campus too many times That is not what Boomtown Hoops because is about a, An anonymous
2: tip came through <laughs> Yeah, from a, anonymous tip From a 405 area code It His sounded name. a lot like Chris Paul
4: but <laughs> might be I just love
3: that you think Chris Paul got a, a cell phone number In Oklahoma City <laughs> <laughs> Like he He's got traded now. here and just it's stopped burner, by T-Mobile. It's, it's his burner. <laughs>
4: burner. Yes, it's Cliff Paul.
2: Cliff, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> or it's uh, what's the dude from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air that's playing like his weird evil twin in the State it's Farm? Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh yeah, Carlton. Yes, yes. Carlton
4: <laughs> colloquially. Uh, the real Chris Paul. Good stuff. I like it.
2: I like it. Uh, all right, guys. So let's wrap this thing up. We we've talked about. Lou Dort we've talked about Orlando but we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge a a pretty big significant piece of NBA news as of this morning Vince Carter officially calls it quits Uh, he is retiring from the NBA after a long and illustrious career I think it's what everybody assumed was going to happen but as of today it's officially official Uh, Nick shared the stat with us in the slack that honestly blew my mind uh, from Micah Adams on Twitter. Vince Carter has played at least one game against 37% of the players who have ever appeared in an NBA game. He squared That's off 1,668 of the 4,489 all-time NBA players. That is that absolutely is absurd.
6: Ridiculous. That's a mind blowing. Mind blowing.
2: Like when you see pictures of him playing against guys uh, like, i mean michael jordan's the easy one um but Al iverson Warren. and even going back to like um barkley barkley and elijah Wan yeah and, or he mentioned yeah both and of them. like his dunks over like alonzo morning yeah
4: that's a fun like, name
2: dude and then you see a picture of him next to trey young <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's insane that that's the same person just absolutely and i feel crazy. like he hasn't
4: aged either yeah, he just has, like, gotten bulkier. He's just like, it bulked up.
3: <laughs> he just got tired of dunking, so he started shooting three. Yeah,
4: he's like, I guess I'll
2: start <laughs> shooting from outside now. Uh, I mean, I do feel like he he's probably one of the best examples of a player that kind of adapted his game over time. Oh, 100%. He went from being, like, freak athlete to, I mean, the man was in the league in his 40s. Half man, uh, half amazing. It's, yeah, it's incredible.
3: Yeah, he basically gave Russ the blueprint.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I think Russ and and like a Dwayne Wade, what Wade was able to do later in his career, uh, if if Russ can follow that uh, as he ages, I think, you know, he can carve out a place for himself in the league when his athleticism wanes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So I want to ask you guys, uh, in honor of Vince Carter uh, leaving the NBA, at last I want to know what is your favorite Vince Carter memory
3: I'll go ahead and go um I just begged and pleaded for um Nike shocks that's all I wanted uh, whenever I was little because obviously (laughs) that that was the reason Vince Carter could jump over people right and I needed to have that so uh, yeah the Nike shocks I I think of that just just a cool guy to watch and uh I, I wanted his shoes that's good. That's I funny because
5: I, I was in the Nike store like three days ago and walked by some shocks. They're
3: trying
2: to bring them back thinking, a little bit. I was going to say, and, that, yeah, like, I saw the original I shocks that it. he wore, Are they've brought them back. They've retroed them. Yeah.
5: I thought about it for a while, and like, there's no reason I should think about those except <laughs> for Vince Carter, you know? True. Like, there's way better shoes, cooler shoes right now, but those will just always be cool. Um, my favorite would be the dunk contest. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. I, I think that's one of the big parts of falling in love with the NBA yeah. for me. Um, Same. I'm, I'm yep. about to turn 32, but when I was a kid, after that dunk contest, I had several Vince Carter posters. Um, I, I even saved up enough money to go buy one of those uh, plastic Spalding goals for my drive-through that you know, went down to six feet, and I did all those dunks, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's that's I thought I was the coolest person ever, and I thought Vince Carter was the coolest person ever. And so, yeah, it would be the dunk
3: contest by far.
2: I think that – I mean, that one is so iconic. It's probably the first dunk contest that I remember. Yeah. I don't think it was the first one I watched, but it's the first one that I remember. And I remember the next day, uh, I, not on my six-foot goal, but on, like, my trash can. <laughs> I'm, like, honey-dipping the trash can with oh, a lot of paper. Awesome. And it's, like – forever ingrained in my mind of like anytime that you are pretending to dunk you're pretending to be vince carter basically
4: it's over it's over it's over uh, so for me um and mine's kind of along the the lines of weston's um it's not necessarily a moment on the court although you have the iconic dunk in the olympics the honey dips you have like you guys said the dunk contest You have all the buzzer beaters. Um, I encourage you guys to go and listen to the winging podcast like he does for The Ringer with um, another co-host and uh, sometimes Kim Bazemore before he got traded. And uh, he actually reminisces on some of his favorite moments from his career, which is really cool and fun for me to kind of refresh my memory. But one of my earliest basketball memories – Outside of like being four years old at the YMCA with my dad, um, would be uh, at least NBA wise is watching Vince Carter, and I remember how excited I was because I was always playing at the Y, and like it, through probably kindergarten through third grade, and you don't really get to pick your number; you just get thrown a jersey. Well, fourth grade we got to play in what we called F O R, which was Future Owasso Rams, baby. And uh, boy. our, rec, you know, our, our local rec league or whatever, we were, we were outside. We were old enough to be outside the YMCA. You got to pick your number, and so yes. I spent the whole summer, the whole offseason, thinking about what number do I want to be. And I'm watching the, these games with my dad. Although we were watching a lot more college hoops at that time because this was obviously prior to the Thunder. But I started getting into basketball cards, and I opened up this pack. I don't know this person. I don't know this person because I'm young. Don't know this person, and all of a sudden, <gasps> Vince Carter. And uh, so I chose the number 15, and. I say this because that's actually become a really important number to me and to my it's family. In your Twitter. Well, it, it's in my Twitter handles and my emails, but um, even more important than that, it's a number that's been passed on my family. Uh, my little sister wore it when she played athletics. My little brother has worn it. And so it's kind of become like a number for our family. Um, my mom's like uh, Facebook's and things of that nature have 15 in them even. Um, so it's become something even kind of special to our family. Um, you know, my dad coaches through athletics and things of that nature. Um, so we have a really uh, close bond when it comes to sports, especially. And, Um, 15 kind of embodies all that. And that all started because I pulled out a Vince Carter card when I was a kid. So uh, that is hands down my memory. And uh, Vince Carter definitely has a special place in my basketball heart.
2: So mine's not nearly as sentimental as that. I should have, I should have gone before you. Um, But I, so when I started get really getting into the NBA, you know, it was around 2000, 2001, kind of in that era, uh, it was when, just like you, Taylor, kind of transitioning out of, like, disorganized YNCA right? ball into something a little more put together. Um, but I was a I was a huge <laughs>
4: Allen Iverson fan. Oh, I thought you were just going to say you were tall. I was like, yes, Justin, we well, know that. <laughs> I was just a huge child also. <laughs> That's also relevant. Not where I was going. Um, Your boy still has an Allen Ivers- Iverson fat head up on his wall back out in Owasso. Yes. I mean... I rocked
2: finger sleeves because I'm still not sure what they did. <laughs> that but is so Aaron awesome. Iverson wore them. And so I wore them. That is awesome. Um, a huge AI fan. <laughs> Just it's like MD. I had
4: cornrows.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hated to practice. Never went to practice. In 2001, uh, they faced off against the Raptors in the playoffs. And it was the it was actually the first time the Raptors ever got out of the first round, if I recall correctly, based off the video I watched earlier this morning. <laughs> um, this is what jogged my memory. Um, but it was it was game two, and Allen Iverson had just won MVP, and they had absolutely destroyed the Raptors in the first game, and I was hyped about it. Uh, I think they won by like fifty points, and in game two. Uh, Vince Carter came out and dropped 50 points and hit nine threes, <laughs> including his first eight threes out of the gate uh, was just incredible. Uh, the the uh, Sixers ended up winning the series. So uh, 2001, Justin was excited, but I just, that performance was so incredible. And for a guy that, you know, is often remembered and revered for his ridiculous dunks, I think having that in a, in a playoff series coming out and hitting eight threes, a game after you got whooped by 50 points is, that's is pretty awesome. That stands out to me of like a little bit different. Take that's like, Vince that's Carter.
4: Vince in a nutshell. I feel like that's perfect. I love that. Super cool.
2: Uh, shout out Vince Carter, the goat ish. <laughs> Everybody's the goat. Sure. This we're, we're you in the Twitter area. Tonight. Everyone's a goat. The
4: next dance featuring Vince Carter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, guys, this has been a blast. Uh, I've really enjoyed having both of yous on. Both of yous? Both, both of yous. yous. <laughs> uh, both of y'all. <laughs>
4: We're going Our articles are way better, we promise, guys. <laughs> well, you, can edit, you can edit things on there. You can yeah, anyway, you hit the backspace. Uh,
2: Shep, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It has been fantastic. 100%. Let's get it. Thank you Yo. so much. If you guys don't already go follow boomtown hoops twitter instagram facebook everywhere go check out their website uh, it's beautiful she did an incredible job there's <laughs> already content on there uh, the site is not even uh, 12 hours old and there's already a bunch of content so go check it out continue to follow along as we head back to basketball uh, it's gonna be the place to be uh, and if you don't already go join the discord as well discord is going to be popping already it's is last yeah. already yeah and yeah. the first like 24 hours it's been super fun it's only going to get more fun as people get back into basketball and hopefully the season starts up again you're not going to want to miss it as I mentioned at the beginning we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify Stitcher you name it uh, check us out there be sure to subscribe so you'll always get the latest episode at the top of your feed